0: All right, it's just shy of 11 a.m. on 17, January 2021, um, Sunday morning. Um, I wanted to be outside for this intro. It's super windy out. It's kind of sunny out here in Harlem, so I'm outside in the whip. I think it's going to be good sound quality. Um, I got this pod with Sheila Hetty. Sheila Hetty is the author of many books, starting with The Middle Stories in 2001 little collection of short stories that mcsweeney's initially put out um and then uh dickner in 2005 it's like a short novel um and then um how should a person be or chairs where the people goes the next one in 2011 um which uh co-written by her with her friend misha it's, it's it's a pretty sick one if you haven't read that one it's like just Misha talking to her and then she's transcribing them and like editing them and then like titling them so it's like kind of philosophy. I'm just going to go through them now and then two thousand the next year how should a person be um, um, and then she co-edited this book with uh, uh, called Women in Clothes for 2014 co-edited with uh, Heidi Julevitz and then um, Miss Le- Leanne Sh- uh, Shapton who I think did the art for it and that's a bunch of people talking uh, about their relationship with, with, clo- with clothes. And and then um, Motherhood 2018, and now working on the next book, Pure Color. Um, but um, so, yeah, first off, oh, I had notes for what I was gonna say. Um, I've tried to rip this intro a couple times. I, I Okay, so I first encountered Sheila's stuff in 2014 i uh, read right, how should person be 2014 like i just railed through that like it's just this is a wild pod for me because i've done i've literally done like probably like three or four pods uh in, in total like from even like old defunct pods um either with someone talking about how should a person be or did a solo pod um two years ago almost exactly you know, to the month um in the beginning of 2019, January 2019, like three days into the new year, I did a like a solo rant pod on Motherhood right after I read it. I'm not gonna link all of them because I think some of them are, I don't even know, I'd have to really, they're probably cringe, but I'm gonna link that solo pod. Um, but um, but no, she like, so Sheila, I, I listened back to this conversation initially right after I did it and it was like, like I'm a little incoherent and and <laughs> like nervous on this pod but i'm not incoherent it's just like whatever but then um i listened back right away and i um was just like not right away but the first time i listened to it after this was this conversation was from um a few days a few days ago um and um i was really keyed up off it like still feeling that energy and then because I, okay, and then, well, I'll quickly go through it three times. And then the second time, I was like just judging myself so much. I thought I was, I was so fucking dumb. And I it was like hard for me to listen to. It. And then this morning, I knew there were a couple parts where I was just, and I was like, oh, should I clip this up? But I really didn't clip it up very much. Like, I just got the beginning, and then there's like one part where, like, I just fucking, my brain melted. And then, but it was like so minor because. The reason why I wanna let it live like it is is I think so much about um okay, and the last thing I I wanna quickly say, I'm gonna get in to this pod really soon, um, was that Sheila okay, so I started corresponding with Sheila a minute ago about writing and stuff. And um and so much of her work is about like communicating in the world, um, sending you know, the beginning of Women in Clothes is just like her and Heidi and like um and someone else like just emailing each other about this idea of the book. So it's like having a kind of spontaneous, playful energy with, like, how we're writing, having it be tied into the world, like, like you know, an email to somebody or really trying to communicate with someone is, is equally it's equally valuable, if not even more valuable, than this idea of isolating yourself and creating some type of genius work. And people who've read Sheila already knows that that's kind of central, and that's what was central to me, what hit me so much about it. Um, but also spontaneity, like conversation, stuff, you know, the whole book of Misha... Uh, chairs where the people go is about like looking at conversations with people obviously there's dialogue with, with Margot, and, and how should a person be that's like that so there was this there was a sense where um yeah i started communicating with her and um a minute ago and then about the pod we were going to go in in december she she also um yeah she she interviewed vigdis short this norwegian writer vigdis short that she writes and then that kind of got us talking about that because I listened in on that and then basically last weekend um, just because I mentioned it in the pod she taught a, a two-day class and um, kind of like I knew we were preparing for the pod and then she, I just kind of pulled up to that last minute and um, and so much of that was about trying to get help people get into a state of writing and be able to express themselves and articulate the, whatever or you know, cultivate a practice it's like simultaneous thing I feel like with Sheila especially from the class is like presenting the writing as if it's just quick thoughts, quick jots, you know. But then, like the the time and the stuff that goes into it, you know, and even stuff with writing with her name, like Sheila, the protagonist, and how should person be name Sheila? And she's writing with friends who who their names um, are the names of the characters. But it, it it is like presenting it like that. But there is so much, especially in the class, there's so much work that goes into making it feel seamlessly like that. Um, but I think that energy of like spontaneity or whatever, partly because I've been reading, uh, rereading *Where the People Go* and stuff, really infused this conversation. Where, I mean, I went in like I went into a bunker and I just re went went through everything, and I I legit had ten pages of handwritten like questions and stuff. But I think the energy was trying to get into a place of really trying to be in the moment and and listen and like respond to each other and not make it just like applauding. Um, interview um, and the benefit of that which i think there are a couple moments that really do hit in this conversation is like something will come up spontaneously by listening to each other and it really i don't know makes when i listen back on it it makes my whole body kind of go like damn you know but then there are also parts where i'm like i don't know i'm not gonna lie i sound dumb but but that's and then the final thing is so much of this is about coming to speech and being okay with the version like he said a thing in the class every single day your book is done like that's a version or whatever you're writing that's like that's done you know what i mean like this idea of like some kind of bigger overarching like completion like every day like being okay with how you sound in certain moments to certain people and 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 i don't know maybe i'm just telling myself so i could rip this intro and put it on the internet and not feel crazy but i like that i like that kind of supportive encouraging energy but ultimately i'm gonna get to the pod now Sheila is just like she don't have to do this shit um i appreciate her a lot for that and um and i and, and i don't know I, I by the end of this last listen i couldn't decide what was more interesting to listen to because that grasping can be kind of interesting too um but i hope i just didn't completely disrespect <laughs> her by <laughs> by talking how i was talking on the podcast anyway i'm excited to share this hope everyone good sunday morning baby let's go i I don't know this is crazy i feel I feel a little nervous uh i I, I appreciate you talking and stuff though
1: um yeah i wish we were like in your situations gian i wish we were like in a beautiful place but, i forgot like, the table drinking coffee and like i said. know
0: i forgot how how the in-person pods feel different because it's been so long since i had done one yeah um but you are in toronto
1: i'm actually two hours outside toronto right now in okay. this place we have uh outside the city
0: oh nice mm-hmm um sweet um yeah so I I went in and read (laughs) everything over again um Uh and it was frustrating you know it was funny I was reading I went really closely into chairs I felt like chairs was a little thing that I would like read one of and I would like think about it and mm-hmm. I really read it through and I felt like everything it was saying about improvisation and sort of letting things happen and not trying to control everything was simultaneously like helping me prepare for the pod, but then also critiquing everything I was doing on the pod because <laughs> <laughs> I was planning all these things to say. And then the whole point was to not And it was so much about conversation and spontaneity. Um, yeah but, well, but um, there
1: can't help but being spontaneity in a conversation what was that there can't help but be spontaneity in a conversation
0: that's what inevitably you, happens yeah yeah you know. um but um but no i um yeah how do we how we even start this i i really enjoyed but it it is class. weird i
1: mean People do prepare. Like I've been interviewed by people, or seen other people interviewed, and the interviewer like asks a question, and then the writer or whoever it is gives a very interesting answer. And then instead of that person asking them a question that falls from their answer, they just go to the next question as though they didn't say that person didn't say anything. It's so strange.
0: I hate that. I don't like that. But then the the counter is I'm just riffing and rambling, and then there's not enough structure. Um, yeah yeah but these are the questions that are central so oh, i think there was a game that was specifically like that where you were supposed to or it was two people yelling and you're supposed to be yelling simultaneously but then also responding was that one of the uh-huh. games Misha talks about in chairs
1: probably i can't remember <laughs> it was so long ago this is
0: another weird thing where someone reads all your stuff
1: <laughs> yeah then, you know it better than me
0: and then you're like that was so long ago
1: yeah, that, it's, that. sounds right.
0: Have you been interviewing? Have you? What, what's the last interview you did of someone?
1: You saw it. It was uh, when I interviewed. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, it was Victor.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome.
1: Short,
0: yeah, I had which
1: a. It was terrible because it was just such bad um, connection, and I had no idea if she could hear any of my questions, and I could <laughs> barely hear her. And so I ended up when I watched the video of it on YouTube, I'm like. <gasps> Oh, basically, I spent the whole time like fixing my hair, <laughs> you know, because I had yeah. no confidence that anything was getting through.
0: That's so funny. I, that was almost like a game, a, a weird, um, uh, like, communication game, because a couple times she couldn't, she, you you would say something really, I don't know, interesting to me. And I think every, all the listeners could hear it, but then she wouldn't hear. She couldn't yeah. hear. So then she would go. I didn't hear any of that, but I could talk, I'm going to talk about this, this Yeah, but
1: here's an, here's an answer.
0: Yeah, here's just a thing. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I actually, I had a, I had a bit of a, um, uh, I don't know. I I wanted to, I just wanted to read everything and I couldn't read everything because I wanted to, but I read the first like 70 of, um, house in the house in Norway. Um, but then I just wanted to reread all your stuff. but but that that but um yeah i really like the beginning of that book um yeah she's great um but um yeah no it was interesting some stuff you're saying on the on the in the class um where oh this is weird am i gonna just go into interview mode um (laughs) um but um no uh but you've been working on, uh, you've been, you've been, fe- you've been feeling good about um, where you're at with uh, the current book you're working on and your current process. Yeah,
1: and- I was just editing it um, this morning. Basically I told my editors that I would give them a more or less final draft in March. They both okay. gave me their notes in September. Gotcha. And so I, f- I, f- feel like I'm finally at the stage where it's all in order more or less like what I'm doing is I'm just going sort of I'm doing 30 page chunks at a time and just going over and over and over and over and doing the edits and every time I'm editing I'm printing it out again trying to look at it clean and so it's just like these final refinements and I just feel glad to be here and it seems to me like the last two years that I was working on it I couldn't really, it's sort of about grief and my father dying in some way. I mean, that's inf- like inflects the whole book yeah. and it wasn't until the end of December that I actually felt still December 25th, like Christmas day is my birthday. And yeah. it's, I don't know if you have your parents still alive, but the worst for me, like the worst day is my birthday because like, who's your birthday for except your parents? Like no one else yeah. cares, you know, but it's the big day for you. I don't know. So I was, Just incredibly, incredibly sad for the loss of my father um, on Christmas Day. And then I had this feeling like um, I was experiencing just a very normal kind of longing and missing and just wanting him to be here, like just wanting to hang out with him and just so sad. And that feeling was just so, I guess, normal and personal and deep inside me and so true and clear and i i realized i could finally finish my book because for the previous two years all the feelings i've had have been sort of complicated because i'm like immediately turning them into art so they really haven't felt exactly like my feelings they were like the feelings were somewhere between me and the book and so in some way, like being able to have just like a very ordinary kind of pure missing made me feel after that, like, okay, I can just look at the book as a book and I can mm-hmm. be like a normal person, just missing my father. I don't, I'm no longer this person who's like processing it through art. I don't know if that makes any sense. This is the first time I'm articulating yeah. it.
0: Like it wasn't about <laughs> processing it for the book before. right? It was-
1: yeah, it was the first day I'd ever felt that, well, it's not like I was writing about this right away for after my dad died, I was immediately like, Oh, this right, is going right. to be a book, but I just started writing. Cause that's what I do. Like, I wasn't writing like, Oh, this is going to be a book. I was just writing. Cause that's how I, I wanted to remember how I felt for myself. Right. And then when it sort of t- folded into the book that I, I had previously been writing, which was about art criticism. And then my, my father's death stuff sort of like folded into the thinking about art criticism and it became part of this book. Then for, you know, for the last two years, all the thinking about all the feeling about grief and like all that stuff just kept rolling away from me into the, the book. Yeah. But so then, now I'm able to like actually edit it.
0: <laughs> okay. Interesting. <laughs> Sorry you saying, but then, well, well it was just inter- it, but then you're saying that the fact that it was just you're just missing your dad somehow also, also made made you be able to edit it differently.
1: Yeah, cuz I just um
0: you could just see it as different from you
1: yeah exactly I could just see it as okay these are words on a page and I'm no longer living inside those words and all my feelings are living inside it like I'm a human being with my own separate feelings and this is a book and it doesn't have and the book is not me and my dad it's like it's just a a book and I'm trying to make this book right
0: and it's separate from you Mm -hmm. do you feel like that often happens something like that happens when you finish like and that indicates that you finished the project because I feel like I've I feel like I maybe feel, I feel like I have thought I've had that feeling a lot <laughs> and then, and then I'm like, and then something will happen or someone will say something and then I'll be back. And although I do feel kind of, I, I've had that, I feel like I've had the experience where it feels suddenly separate and it's kind of nice. It's, it's fun when it looks like a book that's different from you that you're just looking at. But, yeah.
1: I mean, you can't really do, there's a certain Um, stage to the work that I don't think you can do until you feel like you're separate from it yeah but most of the writing you don't feel like you're separate like you don't know where it begins and where you begin and it ends or however people however you say that sentence you know
0: yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) that's that's there's that's interesting that that's happening or now I'm turning it into turning a thing that you're just living into an art idea but I f- that idea is you that comes up in other books in other books that you've um in other of your books where it's of parents of what happens when you lose your parents like in tickner it comes up, and then I think in how should a person yeah. be too um,
1: oh yeah of course yeah
0: those um you can finally choose yeah for yourself um but that's yeah I don't want (laughs) to I don't want to turn it into everything into an art idea immediately like you're living a thing
1: that's okay I mean (laughs) it it wouldn't offend me or anything I mean you know I just I think it is like yeah I don't know if if the reason you don't want to turn it into an art idea is that you think I'll feel bad I won't but if you don't want to turn to an art idea because you have another direction you want to go then that's, yeah no I, that's really cool.
0: I feel like I feel like I was thinking that and then I, I I I was thinking that when I was reading it um and also through communicating with you about um writing about writing about your dad passing um and then but I also it feels like one of those things that you can't really know until you experience it so um but that's yeah I hadn't um yeah I hadn't uh read I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that I like leaving one book of people's full of writers I like all their books of like I like leaving one so then I have something left to go to (laughs) but uh, I (laughs) hadn't read Tickner but I read it um uh this past week and that's interesting because that one's so different but then it's also similar because it's about friendship. When you said when you said in the class that chairs and the people are where the people go and how should a person be, um, initially were the same book, that made me look at all your books in a different way. Um, um, and also that book, you were 29 when you wrote Tickner?
1: No, I was 25. Or published it? Five.
0: Oh, you're 25.
1: Yeah, I think I was 28 when I published it.
0: Okay. And then it was so interesting because you talk about a transition, you talked about a transition that happened after Tickner um, where you kind of broke out of a more solitary mode of art making and wanted to be more collaborative and in the world and talking to people like you do and how should a person be. And the book itself is kind of about that. Like a guy who's kind of trying to,
1: no, I right, you're right. Okay.
0: Um, so that was fun. But then, in a way, it was similar to how should a person be, in that it was like comparing oneself to a friend who mm-hmm. seemed to have something more figured out about how to make art. Um, maybe not to an extreme degree. You're not like intensely jealous of, or Sheila is not intensely jealous of Margo and how should a person be, and like lusting after um, her partner or whatever like in Tickner I don't know maybe I'm jumping into stuff too clearly people haven't read these books I don't know about. What, I understand
1: what you're saying <laughs> okay you understand
0: as long as you understand what I'm saying go read the dang book if you don't know what I'm talking about nah. um but um but I yeah so I, I I the first thing on my list is just all caps friendship <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um is that you think that's a fair assessment in a way totally
1: yeah, yeah. I mean afterwards I was like oh this is sort of Tickner is about the friendship between two men and then how should a person be is about the friendship between two women. And um, yeah, like you say, it's sort of about like putting another person on a pedestal a little bit and admiring them and feeling yourself uh, in some ways to be lacking. Um, I mean, obviously in Tickner, it's much more stark, right? It's more, it's a little more even in how should a person be, but
0: yeah,
1: I mean, they're both about love through friendship. Yeah. Um, And yeah.
0: And I also read Thomas Bernhardt's A Loser for the first time. And then that was planted in my head because it was said something about that. And I found something so fun and funny about that energy. I feel like so much stuff. I almost feel like friendship. Yeah. Like is how you. Okay, I'll throw some stuff out there and then. we'll we'll see if anything lands like (laughs) like because you know like get out some of the random things and then we can but i was thinking about how um i was thinking about angel how you talk about i also another connection you mentioned jacob and the angel and how should a person be yeah briefly and then you go into it way more in motherhood yeah and i was thinking about angels well like I was thinking about how or even the beginning rant of how should a person be where it's like kind of like um, we're just like making like pretending we're like with our friends like pretending each other are famous right Um, and I was just thinking about like if this might get a little heady but um, if you're gonna not deify like some outside god or like some cultural standard like celebrity or something which maybe I feel like a lot of people whether they know it or not kind of deify that idea then the only way to um learn about yourself or like kind of like looking at making like you're f- making your friends like the people you encounter like seeing them kind of like as angels or something I don't know I would want to hear I'm, I wasn't sure I totally got the whole Jacob and the angel story, even angel. I'm looking at it. But what is, yeah, what do you, what, well, are, yeah. I mean, looking at the
1: friends. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, um, well, I was thinking when I was writing, how should a person be that me and my friends, um, or Sheila and her friends, whatever, however you want to put it, yeah were like the generation. Uh, that wandered in the desert and that were fated to always be in the desert and never reach the promised land because they had worshipped false idols. Okay. And so so this whole, um, you know, that whole r- sort of fascination with celebrity or that desire to be a celebrity was the obviously the golden calf,
0: like oh, yeah. worshipping
1: the wrong thing. Right. But then even the question, how should a person be? Is sort of a question that suggests that a person should be a thing and an admirable thing. So even the question is wrong. Like even the question is a reflection of how how bound we are to worship false idols. So in in some ways, I feel like the book is also um, a criticism of that question, while at the same time also sincerely asking that question. So. Um right Yeah, and she makes Margot into an idol, a false idol and that's what sort of that's the like the betrayal of Margot and that's what Margot's and it, I'm just thinking about this now, but you know when Margot says in the book like you with that tape recorder is the scariest thing. I don't want to see my words separate from my body right that maybe that she already has an intuition that Sheila's trying to make her into an idol and a false idol
0: right But an idol, or even idea of celebrity, or even idea of how you should be is a fixed thing, a fixed standard exactly. that can't talk back or can't continue to play or continue to
1: change. Yeah, yeah
0: change. Because at the end, Margot says um, that last email, she says um, that was suddenly a liberating thing to see my words detached from my body, which is right. sort of what you were just saying in the beginning of the moment when a book becomes Separate
1: from you, and then
0: you can go beyond it, yeah. Right, so maybe I'm not totally off where like friends or the people you are, I don't know, like you kind of put people or even um, like friends, it's better to have if you're gonna have to have a, a idol or an angel or a thing you look up to, it's better if it's like a person in your life that doesn't like is isn't like fixed.
1: Um, Yeah, because yeah, and I mean, it's funny, like part of the reason that I wanted to write about Margot instead of previously where I'd written about Tickner and Prescott was because uh, when I was writing about Tickner and Prescott, you know, who were real people that I turned into fictions, I felt like it was kind of bad for my writing that they couldn't talk back and tell me where I was going wrong in depicting Mm them even though I wasn't trying to depict them honestly but I still felt like I was doing something slightly immoral and that they couldn't tell me that whereas one of the pleasures of or interesting or challenges and trials of writing about Margot was her being able to say to me like you're getting this wrong right you know and so that is so that's really not what am I trying to say? <laughs> no, well, my brain is like, <laughs> like
0: racing no, and completely has stalled. We're, at the we're same going. Way. We're going somewhere. We're good. We're, we're, we're happening <laughs> having something. I can. I can feel it. Um, but that's interesting that you think it's more unethical to to write to imagine um, two two old historical um, figures. Well, for as, me,
1: it was. I'm not saying right, it is like for everybody right, necessarily. Right. Like, right.
0: right, 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 right. Um, yeah. Right i was best. just like
1: oh i can do anything i want with them like that's kind of grotesque
0: right but most would say most would say it. that it's like that <laughs> <coughs> yeah that's funny um but most people would say that's you know invention whereas that's like the inventive work of like the godlike fiction creator whereas like you know recording your friends or writing about real people is like this um unethical thing uh, to some degree, even, um, even, uh, uh, what's it called? Like, uh, religious, that like, uh, sin, uh, sinful or sacrilegious thing. Um, I, I think, have, have you, you know, like, I think one time when I was writing about stuff that was kind of from my life and then a friend of mine said, it said like in Islam, that's like, like, you can't do that. Like you can't. Right. Like, humans into idol you can't represent them
1: It reminds me a little bit about how in judaism you're not allowed to name a new child a baby after somebody who's already living huh you can only name them after some
0: Uh relative who's died oh oh, oh, oh. we can only name them after i
1: could i could name my child after my father because he's passed away but i couldn't name my child after my mother because she's still alive that's like a rule in judaism which connects huh. i think to what you're saying huh. too about the that person's already living so you can't right it's sort of right. i don't know what the reason is like the as i'm saying it now it feels like it sort of steals some of their life force or leaks something away from them or that name is still being lived out or lived through so to sort of
0: i don't know yeah there's a weird there's a weird yeah, echo. There's a weird, there's a weird echo. That's not good. Um, That's not good. Do you hear that? I'm being uh, echoed back. Is the
1: me. echo coming from me? Oh, really? I just heard it.
0: Maybe we're good now. Um, yeah, we're good now. Um, but, um, but yeah. So I, in my brain, when I first encountered your writing, which was in 2015, when I first saw how should a person be after I did a walk and, or I felt I was recording myself and then recording other people. And that's part of why, and I also felt really disillusioned. Um, well, I don't want to go on the whole backstory, but, um, but um, I sort of see you as, maybe I turned this in an uninteresting direction, damn it but um but um
1: no no no, no. Well, well well don't like I mean we what were you on, disillusioned we about on, oh,
0: okay um well okay okay I was disillusioned because okay also here's another thing um I, I love re-
1: your book as well and I I want to say that <laughs> before we get too far in I mean, you know that I love your book but I love uh, your book
0: I promised to Gian that we weren't going to talk about book on the, on the podcast. <laughs> no, I appreciate. I appreciate that.
1: Okay, well, we that, all right.
0: No, 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 no. no. That sounded. Say. That sounded really dismissive. I obviously don't feel it. It like was just that. really
1: alive. I just found it really alive.
0: Well, I think I'm not. Yeah, I'm not responding directly just because I'm embarrassed. Not because I don't appreciate it. Um, but, um, <laughs> but um, I. Um, I felt, okay, so in in this Wolf book that you wrote the intro from, uh, intro for the How Should One Read a Book, um, um, I felt like what she was expressing was how I felt about literature and I I felt disillusioned by how people viewed literature. Like, she kind of even says, like, when someone's, you're reading, like, old literature, like, it's like some human person, like trying to figure out like their life and they're like writing through stuff. And then um, if you don't, if you're gonna dismiss, a, you know, Dickens or, or, or any kind of literature, think about something that happened the other day. This is Wolf talking, or maybe this mm-hmm. is you. I don't remember. I think it was, Wolf. I mean, you're saying, you're saying similar things, but I think, think it about was her. I think this part was her. Think about something that happened recently and like try to write about it and then realize how difficult it is and then recognize that, you know, Daniel Defoe or, um, you know, any of the classics, like they're kind of trying to do that. Um, yeah. I felt that was so clear to me. Anytime I was, I'm reading stuff, I always am like thinking about like, who's this person? Um, what are they trying to figure out? and i and i and but no one really it, it, it was like no one was really trying to you know in, you know in, in school and stuff it felt like people weren't really um looking at it like that um but when but then with your writing you at least you know starting in, it was more oh right,
1: sorry it's okay
0: out. um i feel like you're showing that process you're you're inviting that type of speculation a little bit more
1: um, Sorry, i couldn't
0: hear what you oh dang I that. <laughs> I, that sometimes Wait, when just, there's like, an it it means i'm talking too much that's happened in other podcasts no, do you think I'm, he's
1: like
0: i think like, he sensed it
1: get this guy to shut up
0: yeah this is too long of a rant <laughs> the, he's the he's the hypothetical listener realizing um but um
1: okay so you
0: felt Basically Sorry. I felt yeah, I I I just I, I appreciate like the you okay, I, I like I appreciate like the sense of like utility of like trying to be um I, I, I felt like you know this is almost obvious having read all your work and people who read your work, but like like literature is like really about trying to f- tangibly figure out what's going on in your life or like helping people readers like figure out how to live life, you know? And versus like some kind of exercise of like whatever, you know, showing how smart you are or or whatever, you know, like I don't believe that anyone has the answers like that to that degree um, in some like God's eye view level. And um, I felt that personal relationship with literature which I didn't feel like was being expressed. And I had been writing something really kind of academic and plotting and then I started walking and like talking And like even listening to podcasts early on like and hearing people tell stories like that was so much more alive and exciting to me and then when i first read how should a person be and just read through in in one night um when my yeah then partner like uh i don't like say partner but i can't think of a better way to say it (laughs) um um threw me the book i don't know that was just um that was that was how i first i don't remember the point of why i brought this up but, well, I mean, um, I
1: wanted it to feel like it's funny that you connected it to walking, like you're yeah. like I was walking and I was listening to people talking because I wanted um the I really was interested in this. Do you do you know the um, artist Richard Serra?
0: Richard Serra, no, I don't. S E
1: R R A. He. Anyways, he created this like one of this is the artwork that I was thinking about the most when I was writing that book was um, a piece he did called Tilted Arc. And it was in a sort of plaza between two large uh, office buildings in Manhattan. And there was this plaza. And so what Richard Serra does is he makes these huge, um, metal um sculptures that you kind of like walk through they're bigger than you and they have this like mass and this weight anyway so he he made a uh a sort of investigation of how people use this plaza which i think that's the right word for an open air you know whatever um piece of concrete, you know, like, it's just yeah. like an open air play between the two buildings. Yeah. I just wasn't sure if plaza was the right word. Anyway, so he watched how people moved on their lunch breaks between, you know, through the plaza. Huh. And he noticed there was this path that most people took. It was like this curve. And it, you know, if, if you, if it was like, if it was, let's just say like it had snowed, then you would see, okay, this is where most of the footsteps had been. Huh. And so he put this, I think like 15 foot tall, maybe 20 foot tall, Uh, bronze or brass or something Um, wall basically this curved wall right in that right on top of that path where everyone normally would have walked okay and his point and he what he was trying to do was like get people to walk in a different way in through this plaza because they can't walk along that path anymore because this huge sculpture (laughs) is there and the people were so angry about it they like defaced it and pissed on it oh, and damn. and there was a there was a commission that um cuz it was public art they demanded that it be taken down and finally you know and there was all these artists and art critics who went to this trial against this huh? piece and they said you know i read all these documents of all the testimony that different artists and critics and people gave saying like this is art and they should leave it up and you shouldn't take it down and then all the people who worked in the mm-hmm. building weren't we're talking about like, this is ruining our life. Like this is ruining, like, yes, it's art. Well, that's so great for the artist, but you know, we have to be here every day. Okay. And, and the city took down the sculpture. Um, anyways, <laughs> <laughs> so I was thinking, so I'm bringing this back to what you were yeah. talking about, like you were walking and then you read the book. And what I was thinking about when I was writing the book, it was like, oh, to like make something, to make a book like that, like that that somehow a person can't walk in the same oh yeah way yeah so I don't think that I'm not saying that the book did that but like that was in my head the whole time like how does yeah like how does that become a book and like also to make a book that like you walk through like a sculpture like the way that you walk around and in his sculpture rather than look at it so yeah. he had this thing about taking art off the pedestal I mean it's yeah. not just him but you know you know like there's like a million artists that always are doing the same thing and say the same thing and then one person is to- is, is like called the genius that came up with it
0: exactly
1: they just called him the genius they came up with it I'm sure other art I know other artists many like women artists and artists of color whatever like we're doing right. the same thing at the same time but whatever so was right. <laughs> the most famous one he was like the huh. like the like grumpy white guy like that fought in bars so like we know right. him but like so he History. but he said Art should, art should be taken up, you know, sculpture should be taken off the pedestal. And so this idea that like what you're talking about, like a book as something that a person where the artist is working through something and so like the reader is working through something, right. that's like a, I, to me, like that's like a sculpture, like a Richard Serra sculpture versus a painting hanging on a wall or a sculpture on a pedestal or right. a book where the story is kind of remote and you're just looking right. at it
0: a sculpture in the world that people like have to react to and not. Just yeah. you feel you're amidst. Right. You yeah. Yeah.
1: You you yeah.
0: Yeah. That's there's, I think like I was re looking at, uh, yeah, there's like a point in motherhood when my, the character miles goes like, you've been talking about motherhood a lot. You should write a book on motherhood, <laughs> but you include it in the book. Um, um, I love, I love stuff like that um yeah yeah yes in the yeah um but then Tickner because it almost felt like Tickner was the hardest book for me um to understand what you're investigating but that's interesting that after you wrote a book about male friendship in a kind of act. In, not in a vacuum but in uh from like drawing from text you wanted to test almost like as looking at a similar question but like in the world in, in the world for you too as a writer
1: well I think the reason I wrote that book I mean it's kind of it's a kind of weird book but it was like after I published so I published the middle stories the short stories when I was yeah. like 24 it's
0: unbelievable
1: there were a lot there were a lot of There was a lot of um, very negative criticism about it, especially um, in Canada um, where I live. Uh, People really didn't like the book and I kept being called um, quirky and I felt like I was being very demeaned by the Mm. criticism. And I think honestly, the reason I wrote Tickner was to Mm. combat that. Flex a little bit, yeah. Yeah, just to be like, that's just to sort of show those people and myself like that's not the only way i can write so like what's the opposite of that kind of writing uh so like here's this like dense modernist thing about two men who lived in the past like it was almost like a fuck you kind of like this is also right i can also do this like i just right. felt very um you that know was, and then my yeah. really- the times sort of fell into that book but I think that's why I chose that voice and that form I mean I fell in love with Tickner's voice but I think it was it had to do with like a kind of rebellion against what I felt like was a perception of me that felt demeaning and unfair weird so yeah that
0: that that that, not that you did that 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 was a reaction I thought middle because the whole fun of middle stories is that you think it's a fairy tale and then the voice comes in or you think it's a archetypal story and then yeah um so at 24 so you started writing that when you're like 20 or 22
1: yeah something like that yeah and when i was in university
0: you were in university wow and then you were in New York or Toronto this whole time?
1: No, I mean, I've basically only ever lived in Toronto and okay. in Montreal, and, like one summer in New York. But like, I was studying at the University of Toronto, studying art history and philosophy okay. and like, writing these stories at the same time. Huh. And, yeah, no, I, the only time I lived in New York was that summer that I, that I stayed Talk in about... Club.
0: Oh, 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 right, right. That's so random, that's so random. That's so crazy. So random, um, yeah. Wild. Um, and then The Believer put that out initially?
1: Mix um, so, so and Sweeney's. yeah, like so. The first time I ever got published, so I was trying to like, get my short stories, these ones that are in the middle stories, I was trying to get them published, and they everyone was rejecting them. And then McSweeney's had this thing at the time, they just come out there with their quarterly, and I right. loved it. Um, and they said, We'll publish, we want to publish things that nobody else wants, and I was like, Well, that sounds like me, so <laughs> I <them> five story. <laughs> And Dave Eggers wrote me an email. And he, I remember he wrote it to me on a Sunday. And I was like, why is somebody emailing me on a Sunday? Because at that yeah. time in history, like people didn't email on Sundays. I guess yeah. I don't know. I really yeah. remember there was a Sunday. And it was but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he wanted to publish them. So then because he published those, it was like a big deal. And then there was a Canadian editor who said that do you have any more? And I said, Yeah, I've got tons more. And so she yeah. decided that like, she wanted to make a book of it. So that happened. But then nobody in the states wanted to publish it. So then I said I asked Dave Eggers. I was like, Well do you, will you publish this? And, and he said, yes, but it was really crazy because it was right after 9 11,
0: right. It was being
1: published in the States. And he was, he said, he was like, there's stories in here that don't seem to, um, that, that, that the kind the tone of the country, you know, the, the mood that the country is in, um, is such that I think we have to take out a number of these stories, um, and I really didn't want to do that, but it was either like publish the book with McSweeney's and have those stories taken out or don't publish it at all. So I agree to it. Hmm. I mean, people were really crazy at that moment. Like, I can't even understand what could possibly have been upsetting about those stories such that like right. because of 9-11, like we can't have those stories in the book. But in any case, when they finally re-issued re- it 10 years later, they put all those stories back in. Okay. But anyways, that's what happened.
0: So I probably read it with the stories in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm trying to think of which stories would have been. Yeah. <laughs> um interesting so that must have been really early didn't mcsweeney start around 2000 okay so you were like the first book
1: fourth, fourth issue
0: wow man crazy okay um yeah now i'm just thinking about that damn um okay so yeah but but even though tickner i can see that about tickner but i Yeah, I do. Well, yeah, I'm probably have a skewed view because I was reading like all everything together. Um, But I was like noticing, I don't know, like going to the party and there were stuff in chairs about like Misha going to parties and like talking about cigarettes and like putting a suit on. I was like, oh, they're all connected, but they must have been actually at different times of your life um, when you were writing them. But that was kind of like your. Isolate yourself. Or did you feel like you went into that mode? So I, I, so you talk about coming. Oh yeah, you said you you were in that mode, and then you were also kind of. You felt like you were kind of isolating yourself when you went when you wrote that book, Tickner. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I had friends. I was friends with Misha then. I was friends with Margot then. But it, um, but yeah, I wasn't writing with anybody else. Totally. I wasn't writing like in front of anybody else. Yeah. Um, the only person I showed that book to before I published it was my then husband, who was a yeah. uh, and a newspaper editor, and read it. And no one else.
0: Sorry, I just fell over. I tried to close my window. <laughs> um,
1: you just fell over.
0: Yeah, because uh, I have a chair, and the chair fell. Yeah, oh. chairs are where the <laughs> people fall. Um, but um, 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 yeah, so man okay um yeah i'm a a little bit crazy i was like i'm gonna read 20 books uh to prepare for this um then i just have all this i've always scrawling this these scrolls um but um okay here's things i wrote friendship angels lessons from chairs i don't know what that means communication guiding being guided spontaneity improvisation how wolf reads uh what does that say this is great content. Um, Oh yeah. Something. Be- oh yeah. Yeah. Something better than winning. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I try to do a presentation in a class about, um, about, about motherhood. And then I also, I, like, I, I was like kind of sleep deprived and I couldn't make any of my points because I felt like they were had too many, um, direct implications to things that were going on now that were going to be, like, upsetting or just, I don't know, annoyingly contrarian. But I feel like there's something in all your stuff that's, like, about getting beyond a kind of, um, uh, like... Well, like accepting a type of failure, or like some, you know, there's some, like not trying to win, or like getting beyond like a petty back and forth. Is this already sounding to? Is it? Is it sounding to? I don't know. No, that's smart. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I hadn't thought of
1: that before, but I think
0: that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and then something about, yeah, something about. Um, yeah, do you feel, <laughs> how do I, how do I, how wedge this into a question, um, yeah, but then at the same time, you're, yeah, it's almost like you accept a certain type of, there's like a uh, fatalism, but then it, it's like in order to make you um, be able to act, um, yeah. come to a place of speech, say like happiness is like, being comfortable in the world, com- and just in the class too, is like so much energy of like helping people come to be able to speak themselves coherently. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so many people think that there's rules, like you know. People sent me questions after the class because I didn't want to yeah. take questions at the very end because I was like, oh, people are really I even. Mean, it's interesting, like doing a class over Zoom because you can see people staring at their computers as they're doing the writing exercises. So I was like, right. well, people are really into this last exercise. That was the one where everyone's like rearranging their book <laughs> and right. then, and uh, so anyways, I was like, don't take, I won't take questions but then they sent me the questions and it, I would say most of the questions are this, are basically like, can I do what I want to do right. in my writing? I mean, right. that's all what they come down to I was like who do you think the authority is like right. who is looking who cares <laughs> <laughs> what you're writing on your computer like, literally right. nobody
0: right but it's so interesting it's it's people do so hard to like feel that. That. it's yeah, a paradox I, mean, it's,
1: I guess I mean it's so funny to me when, I, when you were in school it really surprised me because you really don't see like I've taught like a master class at Columbia and I've like lectured in different places and you don't I almost felt betrayed I was like he's in school <laughs> <laughs> we <were>
0: course- <laughs> damn it I, I knew you're gonna out me I always try to avoid that on the podcast
1: well you <laughs> no, just, just don't seem like you're in school
0: yeah I don't feel I, I don't I mean I was out of school for a long time I'm, I think I'm shocked that I'm in school i'm shocked why did you, you you don't I mean, seem like
1: somebody that's gonna like that believes in getting an mf that that thinks that that's um <laughs> an important thing to do to get I an mean, mfa in you know, order to write
0: well yeah i don't think i don't think you need to get, get an mfa to write but i think And a lot um, of
1: people in school are just like what how do i write the how do i write it right you know
0: right i mean i'm but i'm i mean i've yeah i think I think I was thinking that they should make a rule that, like, you can only go back to school after, like, 10 years. Right. Um, yeah. Because I don't understand how, if you're, like, 20, someone's going to listen to this, but whatever. If you're, like, really, yeah, if you come straight from, I don't know. I mean, I think who said that, right. like, oh, yeah, Chelsea Hudson said that on the podcast where, um, like... A writer said to her, "Like sometimes the only feedback is like you just have to live longer." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> you felt betrayed that I was in school. No, I mean, I think it's. I I think I just. Yeah, no, I think, but I, but people are people too. I think it's, um, or like what do you people, mean, people, at, people, people, pe- people are people are at like there are people at in at schools. Writers teach at schools.
1: Yeah, but you, I was just, it just doesn't, it didn't, the kind of writing you were doing or the kind of writing in your book didn't, I was like, how did this get through, how did this get through the MFA how did he get through that intact? Like when That's I went right. through school, I went to uh, like, I, I, I graduated high school when I was 17 and then I had like a year or two of living on my own. And then I went to the National Theater School, which is where I studied playwriting in Montreal. And there were these, but it's mainly a training school for actors. And there was, you know, three years uh, for the acting program. And yeah. um, I would see like in the first year, all the actors were so interesting to watch they were all so different from each other and weird and like their weirdness was what made them so interesting and then by the third year they were none of them were interesting anymore and it had all been like they'd all been pardon
0: like it all been like quashed or snuffed yeah i
1: mean they been like molded into being like a certain kind of actor that the school wanted to produce. Right. And so all the reason that they had been chosen for the school, which was like this, their strangeness and originality. And like, a like kind of raw, whatever talent had all been, um, turned into yeah some, rep- some kind of actor that the school wanted to put out that they kind of, I mean, the best actor in my year dropped out after the first year, I think he kind right. of felt what, what was happening.
0: Right. Well, I mean the, the, the- project i sent you was i would i wrote a lot of before i was in school um right but then a lot of teachers like a lot of you know like um people who teach at the schools didn't go to didn't go to school you know
1: yeah yeah like I, what, I, I, yeah. yeah it's a weird yeah, I don't,
0: yeah irony um i don't know i don't like how i said that I'm saying like paradox and irony a lot but um <laughs> but so you went back to sc- you went to school you went to acting
1: well i was there for a year and then i left because I, I had a lot of trouble there and then i went back to toronto after that one year studying playwriting and then i worked at a magazine um as an editor for it was like a you know young editor like assistant okay. editor kid for a couple of years it was like a technology magazine called shift it was we called it the canadian wired um in canada everything's like the canadian whatever so it was like canadian <laughs> wired. And, then, and then i went to and then i was like writing this article for them about um for about ariel the little mermaid and how all these people all these men were called ariel holics they were like obsessed Uh with her and had like rooms in their houses dedicated to her and wanted to have sex with her and say things like i can't wait to meet her one day and it's like she's a cartoon man but (laughs) anyways it was really strange and i wrote this article and i was like what the hell am i doing in this this is like the wrong life. Like I don't want, I'm not learning. This is, and then I went, and then I went to university. I was like, I've got to actually get a real education. This is okay. not an education. And then I, um, I actually went to New York. I, I visited a friend in New York and I, I'd read Malcolm Gladwell had written, like he was not the kind of big industry that he is today. He had just yeah. written that article about the tipping point, which was about, well, the tipping point, he brought that idea into the, you know, Okay. Into the world. And I read that article and it was like the most interesting article I'd ever read. So I went to New York and I, I wrote him and I don't know how I've written him an email and been like, can I meet with you? I'm a young journalist and I don't know if this is the path for me. And I, and I met with him and, and I remember going to the New Yorker offices and being like in my early twenties and just feeling it was like the most glamorous thing in the world. And I remember sitting down with him wow. and of talking to him being like, I don't know if I am a journalist or if I'm a fiction writer or what. And we were talking about editors and editing, and he said it's a great gift to be edited. I remember him saying that, yeah. and I, at that moment I was like, "I'm not a journalist. Like, I don't think it's a you know, I don't huh. want to be edited. <laughs> now, I'm a grown up and I, I can understand like what he meant, but at the time I was like, are 'You're, I'm not, I'm not the same creature as you. Like, you you must be a journalist and I must be a fiction writer because I don't.' And so I came, I went back to, I went back to Toronto and I quit that job and I enrolled at, at the University of Toronto. Oh,
0: okay yeah i mean well you said you came to new york i guess you weren't in new york that much i think i wanted the i think i had a one uh, re- of reason to be in in uh in new york i was just there
1: for a week you know like just i went down gotcha 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 yeah
0: um, word yeah um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I'm just like rocked that I, I'm just floored that I'm talking about being in school on the podcast and it's totally throwing me out. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I don't know. It's weird. But I mean, like, yeah, I, I mean, like, um, like, I mean, maybe it was, look good at, like, was it
1: a good experience. Like,
0: um, I don't know.
1: I always think it's not a good experience, but maybe I'm prejudiced against MFA programs. Well, well
0: uh, Yeah, I mean, well, like, I mean, look at like Sam Lipsight's first book. Um, That's like yeah. the most, like, they're just, that's the most non I don't know they're like he's doing wild I don't know <laughs> like it, it's not I could it's not I don't know I think I think uh yeah and I think like reading um I, I think it's it's interesting yeah I think also I would just when you know working a, a lot on stuff but then like no one would read it <laughs> so uh, I don't know I don't know, I don't know. I'm just always
1: afraid that it 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 does that thing that I was talking about it with the actors, but I baby doesn't it probably doesn't do that for everybody.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. Like I, I
1: guess if Jessica Marshvag went to school, like if you have the strength to withstand um, whatever things right. your peers might say that are wrong, then it's probably fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I think also just reading, I think it. Yeah, I like just. Being forced to read stuff or say what I like, reading people's a lot of different people's stuff, and then um, like you were saying in the class, like when you um, oh I remembered another uh, direction, but um, um, reading people's <laughs> reading people's stuff in the class or reading giving feedback to people, and then like you realize like everything you're saying um, is uh, what you want to be doing, um, right? Yeah, you know, or. Or just or just being exp- uh exp- just uh being forced to read uh more widely um i feel yeah like. for sure um and i don't mean to be a
1: jerk i wasn't trying to out you or anything like that I just, <laughs> I I just was surprised
0: <laughs> i feel like it made you respect my writing less when you uh, no so it
1: totally didn't change anything i was like wow you were good school no it didn't didn't change how i felt about you or your writing at all i was just surprised i I didn't mean to like make this like like a half hour tangent i just all i wanted to say was it surprised me yeah you seem to like i mean i don't know i associate that world with a certain kind of um aesthetic i guess right
0: right i mean i'm gonna be yeah i'm gonna be 30 uh in a in a in a a couple months so like it was a long time uh outside Before that. you know what I mean yeah yeah that's probably uh-huh.
1: right I mean you're not going there as an 18 year old like right. still trying to get good marks I mean right. I think maybe that's it you know yeah. like you said if you just go straight from high school and you're a good student and you go into university you still want to be a good student and that's like not right. how to figure out how to be right yeah it's, like,
0: to... yeah and if yeah. you completely like feel like you're stepped or like you can't you don't have a place then suddenly if you don't have a, like a place in the world and then like and it seems like a just like an opportunity to be have you know (laughs) access to stuff then try to look at it like like, positively or something I don't know like everything can add um but um um oh damn I forgot what I was saying um oh man you just you just you said something about us uh school um um, yeah, but uh, <laughs> fucking <laughs> it! I'm, feeling, I'm 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 failing! I'm failing as a podcaster. Um. No,
1: you're not at all. Like, I'm really yeah. in I don't know yeah. if I'm failing
0: <laughs> oh. as a interview. But um, yeah, no, I. But I, I feel like
1: we're in. The-
0: oh no! You cracked up. You uh, broke up for a second. You said, "I feel like."
1: Oh, I feel like I feel like we're in this room, which is I think. I feel like we're in the same room except obviously that is really hard to do over these technologies that's good I I think that's good
0: um (laughs) yeah um damn I wanted to say one more thing (laughs) I think to to save the whole school thread and then just you said uh be out for a long time um um get good marks yeah uh (laughs) yeah okay i I can't remember this yeah 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 just but uh no just this just like uh uh sharing sharing stuff and um oh man
1: i man uh um i'm I'm sorry i didn't know that this was gonna happen (laughs)
0: no no it's good it's good um but uh (laughs) no it was so good in the class like doing all the um the 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 coin stuff i i i i kind of feel like i asked myself some questions that i regretted asking after but i think like your uh openness to i feel like i'm always trying to do kind of like assign ascribe significance to more like mystical things and i feel like it, it's always annoying to people but that might be because For me, it's it seems like a posture because I don't seem and maybe I am doing it as a posture, but I was surprised. I just like love that energy that is created by how you sort of earnestly talk about um, coin stuff, you know, like tarot stuff like I don't know. Um, is that, you feel like that's something you've always been on or?
1: No, well, I was raised in like a very scientific household that was very atheist. Um, like anyone who believed in God was an idiot. So I think that for most of my life I was in that camp and then more and more, I just think I'm more curious about it. Yeah. More curious about it. Why was um like I don't I think that there's something really deep about all that stuff. Like we we're and we don't really and I like that we don't know what the world actually is. And it seems overconfident to say that it's not part of the, the mysticism or God or whatever those things touch, that those are not actually part of the world. It just doesn't seem, actually doesn't seem rational, even yeah. though it's like an attempt to be so rational to say that that stuff is um, just our projection. Um,
0: that was one of my questions was, or like kind of joke questions was like, um, what do you, what do you feel <laughs> is God? <laughs>
1: um, um, is God? Well, or like
0: you had that one exercise and it was actually fun doing that exercise where it's like oh, write right. everything you know about like god and like the universe and then i found myself like writing in this very like authoritative like where i didn't really know <laughs> what i was saying but I, I liked how it felt um but then that comes up she, how should a person be ends with the god yeah what's what do you yeah you want to take a stab at that
1: just right it changes your life well at this moment right here talking to you yeah what do i think of god i mean that's a fun question to answer um I mean, what comes to my head off the top of my head not judging it or thinking about it is that it probably actually is everything like all the atoms and all the everything like just the there's nothing that isn't, there's like this house is, you know, I mean, um, uh, I don't, I'm not trying to say like God is everywhere, more like everything is God, like the manifestation in space, time. Yeah. uh, Probably. I like that. But who knows? I mean, I don't actually try to answer myself what is God, to be honest. Like, I don't even ever try to ask. <laughs> yeah, what kind I don't of? Know. Never yeah. know. It's, like,
0: Maybe question, it's, like, it's respecting that you don't know. I mean, something I don't, don't have know.
1: an angst about it. I don't have an angst about it, like because I don't. well, no one knows, and then will never know, and you don't need to know. So I have no anxiety about that question. Like I don't yeah. really care what God is. Um, it doesn't change anything. Cause we'll never, it doesn't change it. Like the pursuit of that answer is just play. Like there's no, there's no one, there's no authority um, to say whether you're right or wrong. So like, if that's pleasurable to think about, but for me, it's not really pleasurable to think about cause it's, it's too divorced from, from life for me, that question.
0: I think what's fun about how you talk about mysticism and coin flipping and all of that, like is the playfulness. And uh, I don't know, like, kind of like it's not because it's also so funny when you're doing when i'm reading when you're asking the questions but it also feels deep i don't know like i think that's a good because the thing is we do even if you're a hard atheist like we do have um or do you agree with that like we um we do have things people do deify certain things and
1: we're susceptible like we're so susceptible more
0: susceptible maybe if you don't
1: yeah don't believe
0: when you say you don't believe or you believe that you don't believe anything
1: yeah my boyfriend's always like throwing salt over his shoulder like when he uses salt (laughs) and and it's like a superstition like okay you know i don't get it like you're what do you think is why do you do that like it's just so crazy and he's not like a mystical person he's not like a god-fearing person but like he still does that (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i had an idea that i wrote down that was like um then yeah it was actually a, a draft or something but then i thought it felt too crazy to, to write but uh it was that the religion or what do you think the, oh yeah i'm gonna ask what what the religion the most common religion today is but i was saying that one thing i feel like is um the religion of today is almost like a faith in like a type of like intellectual superiority. Is that weird or weird to say of your, of yourself or, or faith in the intellect yeah. or some kind of like, I don't want to say science, but complete faith. I'm not saying you should disregard that, but such a faith that I don't know I, I tend know. to believe yeah that there's always something where Dave like I know you're talking about how it's kind of a celebrity in some of your books it's the idea of celebrity but do you feel like there's a there's an um, unidentified god in the culture
1: I mean you would have to say it's money or okay good. that's right uh, I would think right you know, like imagine that it's going to give you something that it actually can't and never does right
0: Um, right yeah I think that's probably right actually um did you read a lot of Nietzsche when you were younger yeah yeah I could tell I always thought that I have an idea I had an idea that there yeah that's actually a weird statement too but I had an idea and Gianna hates when I rant about Nietzsche but I had an idea that there's like people who understand people who've read Nietzsche and people who have read Nietzsche, or understand where it's a trust, it's a it's a it's a faith in a higher thing to save you, kind of thing.
1: I I, I have no idea what I got from from reading Nietzsche. Like I wish I which I wish I could like see what what, re, what reading him and not just him, but like. Kierkegaard and like other writers like I wish I could see what happened to my brain after I read them because you can't go back and remember or at least I can't go back and remember what my brain was like before I read certain writers like every writer that I read like the good ones like they rearrange your brain and then you can't can't recall what but like what did they do to it you know
0: yeah (laughs) I think that's probably right but I would say it's I would say it's understanding that it's, un- it's having awareness that there are like godlike things or things we look at. Like probably before Nietzsche, I thought I was like going to make it to the NBA or something. Like <laughs> I, I, you know what I mean? Like I thought like I, in my whole life, I went through my life, like I'm going to be like a famous athlete or something like that. Do you know what I mean? And that was, although it's not like I'm enlightened after, but I, I I'm still aware It's almost like being more aware that there are things. I mean, you're like self-consciously choosing to put up uh, certain things or even like uh, privilege certain like outlooks. Nah, I'm not saying your whole outlook is because you read Nietzsche, but I feel like that might be kind of connected.
1: I have no idea. Like I said, it's just like when you read somebody that good, it just, you can't can't say what in your brain they what what in your brain is them because it's just such a total it's like a you know it's like a dye it's like a like a right. dye of red whatever food coloring and like a cup of water and you're, you're the water's then pink you you can't really yeah. you can't really uh bri- um slice it up and be like okay these are the thoughts and feelings that I have because I read him and these are you know what I mean like I would say but I would say I wouldn't have identified him as like one of my important thinkers like I read Schopenhauer before Nietzsche and like Schopenhauer influenced Nietzsche and Schopenhauer was much bigger for me um consciously anyways than Nietzsche and like Kierkegaard and Martin Buber like were more important philosophers for me than nietzsche like i think what what, like what i liked about nietzsche was not any of the things he said but the way he said it like yeah. i think there was something in his style of writing that was so exciting but i'm not even sure what he said that 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 i carry with me through life you know well,
0: as- i I've, i i actually that was in like my notes um from Person me and motherhood where it's sort of like a um um, well that's my this is my experience my understanding of Nietzsche, and then how I experienced your books was like a sort of like musing tone where you're like considering right. different things that often ends in like like a sort of like um, exclamatory like like thing at the end sure. you know like it's like the who cares thing and how should it like but who cares you know like that kind of ex- right. that's so that's so I don't know like right. he'll he'll make a super hard take and then he'd be like but no the opposite and then he'd be like neither and then it just okay. leaves you and even when you're making fun of Nietzsche about the typewriter thing in the book that's almost like the most Nietzschean thing you could do is okay. to make fun of make fun of you know because he's like you can't listen to anybody don't listen to me even um but um and then also La- just, yeah go ahead okay. well, no, um, okay. It was too long. It was too long. I'll save it. No, 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 This is
1: not what I was going to say. Is not,
0: not. Well, I was going to say like, this might be a stretch, but like just at the end of my mo- um, um, motherhood and I was definitely in a kind of desperate place um, when I was reading that book. And it's funny, I just looked at my notes in my email and it was December 31, 2018. So it was almost exactly two years ago of all my, uh, notes I emailed to myself from the first time I read that book. But um, it was um, like the whole idea of um, in order to do something distinctly that is oneself, it does constitute uh, a failure of how other people view it. Um, because if it wasn't, if it was, if, it, if it's distinctly itself, then there isn't anything else of it. So no one has the understanding to validate what you're doing. um, Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, Yeah. And I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's kind of a distinct, like that's also kind of a Nietzschean thing where he's like book after book after book. And at the time it's like, there wasn't really a lexicon to understand it. I mean, I guess he was like a, a teacher at a really young age and stuff, but he was also just kept going in such a way that, does take almost like acceptance of the fact that it's not going to be understood
1: yeah it's interesting i sent it just reminds me of like something helen dewitt once said i sent her um this novella that i wrote uh called called bonjour philippine um which is like the name of like a french parlor game um uh and i was like is this good and and she wrote me back, she's like, I, I like it, but like the there's no, who decides something is good is the culture and having supporters and having critics to support it. And she like talked about Wittgenstein and she's like, Wittgenstein yeah. didn't, wouldn't have known that his stuff was good. You know, if he didn't have this friend, I forget who it was, yeah. who then explained it to the world. Like there's no objective, and i know there's no objective answer i mean what you said was even more, more interesting than than my like um, gloss on it or whatever i'm trying, like my explanation of what she said but yeah. it just made me feel like oh yeah like if if the world takes it up in a certain way and says it's good so it's like nietzsche like if the world takes it up in a certain way and says it's good but like there was so much time when i i can't remember who i was reading but like in the academy um like 100 like 80 years ago or whatever like or or, or 90 years ago like if you mention nietzsche like people look like, would be just like throw you out like right just like don't mention Nietzsche like you're not going to be winning any favors for yourself if you're talking about Nietzsche so like right. change it right um, but yeah which kind of makes me feel very unstable because I like to think that art has some value that's sort of like platonic value like this right. is like valuable or not but it's like oh no it's just humans that make it and the the error of this critic coming upon it and liking it. Like, I, I don't like to think about it like that.
0: Right. I mean, you kind of talk about that a little bit with uh, Virginia Woolf's initial readers. Um, and that does seem like some mysterious thing that's happening completely, I don't know. I keep thinking like the soul of time, <laughs> but uh, or, uh, I don't know, you're writing in some other way. But at the same time, you're talking about like, directly communicating like you talk about that Uh, ultimately we're we're that's why i wrote communication down we're like ultimately you're trying to communicate something to people Mm -hmm. and you're trying to that's an idea i had that like writing is like trying to communicate with people but then also like helping yourself and others be able to communicate better (laughs) um but i mean in in that sense where it's it's like I think there is such a direct, like I laughed so much when I read, how should reread how should a person be this time? And it it does feel as someone's directly talking to you. Um, Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a strange one because, but I think also some people are jarred by your, um, by some of the things that the, 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 the take I don't know the things that you say not how you say it I think it's yeah um,
1: yeah, yeah that's a tough
0: one
1: I don't really know I don't really want to I mean I don't know uh, I mean I guess it's just yeah I don't know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no 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 <laughs> um oh man
1: I hate it, you know <laughs> uh, uh but i feel the same way like there's books i read and i just hate them and i know that people love them and i just i like I, my skin is itching when i'm reading it you know
0: right but i think a lot think of
1: people is the one that's right like about any book like i think the pe- person that i i feel like the person that loves it is the one who's right about it. Not any- <laughs> I
0: mean, I mean, that was that was an energy of that I when I was doing first doing this podcast, where it was like I felt like that a reaction to criticism, where it's like, why, why, why would you keep reading if you don't like it? Yeah, why um, would you? I don't understand.
1: It's interesting trying to talk people out of liking something.
0: Yeah. I don't understand that at all. And that's that's what I was saying earlier of like, um, yeah. Mm. Winning. I uh,
1: want to. Like if I don't like a book, I want to talk people. I want to tell people I don't like it. Like I had oh, that okay. feeling too.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the last book I read that I really didn't like. Um, I think a lot of books like I, because I don't know. I mean, I think it's important to stick to what you're what you're feeling and and know that like what you're saying could be really uh repulsive or misunderstood by some people but at the same time I feel almost to a degree and you might have said this a little bit in when or I almost feel like it's almost like people look at how I'm writing it's like oh you're just like pandering to like make something as readable as possible but I do feel or I don't know I don't know or you know it's like for people or people with just that kind of immediate pace pace like that is like you're trying to um, um, make it like people who who don't have attention spans can read it but I do I do feel like and maybe it's because it's my I'm younger and as you can take more formal liberties when you write more, but I do feel like it's your responsibility to, like if I start reading a book and I don't like it, I just stop (laughs) usually. Um, But um, I'm going off the rails a little bit.
1: (laughs) And that's where I get to the point. Like, so it's only recently that I, whatever, like in December for whatever reason, I was like started to read this one writer who a lot of my friends who are writers really liked and I read a few of her books and I just hated it hated them all but I made myself go to the end of it and normally I don't make myself go to the end of a book I don't like but I was so curious I was like everyone likes her like what am I missing right and um she's so then I wrote a friend of mine that friend of mine who who loved her and I was like I don't like this woman's book at all I don't like her writing here's what I don't like about it didn't hear back from him for a few weeks, and I felt terrible. I was like, "Why did I do that? Like, why did I write in that email? Like, who cares? Like, why? Yeah. He probably, I think he knows her. Like, <laughs> what am I trying to prove? Like, who cares if he likes it? Like, I, I didn't right. even make a good arguments for it because I was, just, <laughs> I, I was doing it. I was like, I shouldn't be doing this. What am I doing? So, I, my even my arguments were kind of flimsy. Right. Um, anyways, he finally wrote me back, and you know, it was, it was like whatever. And he didn't not write me back because I done that he had other shit going on in his life but like right um yeah I mean that all came about that whole stupidity came about because I was like trying to make myself read a book that I didn't like
0: right or maybe yeah or trying to yeah no it's definitely been yeah
1: um like a friend who read pure color this book that I'm finishing who I really respected she didn't like it and so I was like Getting, I was, pay, I was getting back at, I I mean, I have to thank her for her criticism or she didn't even criticize me. I just like had to be very grateful because she read my book. Yeah. But I was like retaliating against this other writer by like not liking her book, pub, you know, to my other friend. Right, like, right. Because, like that's all it was. Right. Because I was, that my friend didn't like mine. So I, like, I'm going to put down this other person's book. Like it was completely. Right. All it tangled was,
0: up. It was articulating something that you, like for you that you needed to um no
1: it's like you get beat up like like the like the like you get like yelled at at the office and you come home and like you yell at your partner like it was right. like that it was I felt like criticized and so I had to criticize her it was, right. I, I knew it came out of like a place that was not um like totally intellectually
0: pure and right um, that's that's what I was trying to say earlier like getting past a back and forth but we ultimately always we ultimately fall into stuff like that but um um too yeah <laughs> yeah no i had some definitely definitely sparked some some world. what was that
1: this covid stuff like we're living in like this no this non-world where like exactly. little things like that become so big right like if i'd actually been able to see people this last year like i wouldn't right. be like i don't know it just it just escalates all these things that totally should just
0: be totally yeah yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and and you can kind of recognize when. Um, I think by dad, my dad was texting me a whole bunch of stuff this early this morning, and um, I had real I had discovered all the things he was talking about like a week ago, of what <laughs> were happening, and I had gone through my cycle of like, oh my, you know, and I just felt like I, I was just I, I don't know I recognize you can almost recognize when someone is hitting a point of like discovering something. I don't know. I was like, I was there. It's going to pass. Or I don't know. Not that there aren't things we should be, you know, worried about. But um, do you have a, um, so you have a place you can go out of the city and then you have like a people you've been able to see or.
1: Yeah, we have, I've had this apartment in Toronto that I moved into in 2006. And like he never raised the rent for whatever reason. So I've got this really cheap apartment in the city nice. that I love. And then last year, December 2019, we got this place in a small town, basically, uh, and and then COVID hit,
0: yeah.
1: and and then my boyfriend couldn't work. So we just were like, well, let's just, I didn't think we were going to, I thought it would be a place we come on the weekends or come to in the summer, like it's on the water. Yeah. I was like, well, why don't we just go there? And so we've been here most of the year, and I love it, like, I love being in looking out the window and it's just trees and walking my dog in the forest. And
0: it's awesome. It's it's
1: nice. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is an inevitable point where I have to start talking about everything going on, but yeah, no, um, that's good. That's good. Um, Yeah. yeah, Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the COVID stuff, but hopefully things, things get, things get, uh, Get rolling. So you, but you, but you, you're not putting your book out until next year, um, January. Yeah. January. Amazing. Um, sweet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sorry if I didn't. If I'm not uh, doing good. Good. Uh, I literally, I probably wrote ten pages of stuff, but um. Yeah, we could maybe.
1: Uh, Did you talk about the kind of stuff you wanted to talk about. I mean, I'm the, or I, I'm wondering if.
0: I think there's a lot of good stuff we talked about um I'm excited to read uh oh, I was like, the, the new book you let me that was me lighting a cigarette I'm sorry Do you, what is your history with smoking you talk about uh quitting smoking in a couple books
1: I'm always quitting smoking. Like I'm constantly quitting smoking. Like I just had a cigarette, my last, my so-called last cigarette two days ago, like every cigarette I have, I'm like, this is my last cigarette. Cause for me, I really feel the smoke in my lungs. Like even if yeah. I have one cigarette, I don't know if this is true, but maybe she's just getting older or something. I'm like, Oh, like I can feel the smoke in my lungs giving me cancer, but I love smoking. And so for like the last while, like I would be like editing, oh, I had such a nice spell of smoking like this last couple of months. I would like go outside uh, with my computer like at nine o'clock at night and like with a drink a drink and like have one cigarette and like look over my, like what I just done on my computer with my editing and like my dog would like prance around me. And it was, it was so sweet. Like I look forward to that every night. And um, so I think I was having like one cigarette a day, which is not so bad, but even with one cigarette, I can still feel it.
0: What kind of cigarettes are you smoking?
1: I I, I don't have a brand anymore. Oh, because okay. they Like getting rid of them, so I am. Um, they're called Northfields. They're sort oh, of like oh, Canadian, Canadian
0: cigarettes. cigarettes.
1: Okay. Canadian. <laughs> like smoke, but then I just got these. They're like, oh, there's no additives and no chemicals and none of this. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll smoke those. I'll smoke the healthy cigarettes, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I probably have an unhealthy... I I say, like, I don't know. I I say, like, yeah, well, tobacco is a sacred plant. I don't smoke chemicals, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, tobacco and coffee. Like, you were talking about coffee on Gian's podcast. Yeah. And I'm like, I feel the same way. Like, every morning I wake up and I'm excited. I'm like, I can have coffee. Like, I can have... You know, I always... I think that these things really are wonderful. And um, it's just too bad that smoking gives you cancer because i think it's wonderful apart from that like it's so <laughs> nice to have i was i tried the jewel for a while and i yeah. didn't like it there's no um rich like you there's no beginning and there's no end it's just it's almost like it's like digital versus analog right. like there's no um yeah whereas a cigarette like you have it, it it's like a, it counts down time right and you're like okay now i'm gonna have a break yeah and it counts down the time when your break is over
0: I think I almost it's exploded so my heart. Like when I, go when I got a, yeah, exactly. I need a task. I need a physical obstacle of, of rolling it. And I had a, a a vape. I think Roll I almost. What was that? Roll your own. Yeah, because then I it's it's like yeah I can't.
1: Smoke uh, Can less that way. Sorry. Look less that way, or just cheaper? Yeah, or?
0: it's cheaper. I don't like the amount. They put way too much in every cigarette. You know, like a whole and then slows me down. It's a task to do. Um, One week I had a vape and I just, it was terrible. I literally, like my heart was beating so fast. (laughs) Gian's on a new thing where he, and people in Europe or Italy, they're doing like a spray or something. There's like a new thing. I don't know. He's just doing spritzes.
1: Something about the fire and the burning and the tobacco itself.
0: My little sister always makes the case that there's a reason yeah it's like there's a reason they they smoke tobacco before uh I don't know I've have, I've have probably bad just sacred justifications for it that's probably not <laughs> not good but um yeah no <laughs> um
1: I feel like I worry about you because of your the stuff you wrote in your book and you stuff you've written in emails to me are you doing all
0: right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's actually some stuff going on now with uh, a, a medicine I'm on actually it was going on today where, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. There's, there are like, there's some, yeah, some kind of scary stuff. Happen- no, it's kind of scary because like the school, they're trying to like cut off. Cause I can't, I can't do vaccines because of the drug that I'm on and then they're yeah, trying to cut it off or kind of but i need it like the dermatologist that i was talking to she's like you should keep taking this because but um but no i i'm you know i i uh i i think it's well, yeah what did you say like balance is beauty like <laughs> i I, it, I i i do exercise and like drink juice and stuff you know <laughs> But um, all in all, like yeah, I'm doing um, okay, uh, and I'm eating fairly good. Um, so um, yeah, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with all that.
1: I hope I didn't do, derail our conversation.
0: No, it's fine. I, I, I'm gonna. I can. I can listen to it and like find the right points. I think is a long time, and then I can sh- whatever share it with you, and then. Make yeah, sure it's good. Well, I usually find a beginning and an end. Right. Um, that's usually what I do. Because sometimes, um, yeah. But, um, and I feel like it's a long time coming to talk. So I, I don't think, as if we, yeah, it's fun to just talk about whatever and um, not make it just me asking uh, interview questions one after the other. Um, but... Um,
1: Okay, I just want you to feel satisfied with it because if no, not, I, can, I'm
0: I, not I yeah no, I feel I feel like I feel like there's a I yeah we're at like um uh an hour thirty, but I feel like in my head I can see a point a, a good stretch that okay. so we can just be like yeah, but um yeah maybe can I uh st- stop the recording and then just. Say what's going on about stuff for a second or yeah. okay, sweet.